Chronicles chapter number 26. Second Chronicles chapter number 26. And we'll read the first 13 or 23 verses, excuse me. We'll read the first 23 verses of the whole chapter actually for chapter Chapter number 26 of Second Chronicles, we're going to be looking at the life of Uzziah, one of the kings of Judah, tonight, Second Chronicles chapter number 26. The Bible says in verse number 1, Then all the people of Judah took Uzziah, who was 16 years old, and made him king in room of his father Amaziah. He built Eloth and restored it to Judah. After that, the king slept with his fathers. Sixteen years old was Uzziah when he began to reign, and he reigned fifty and two years in Jerusalem. His mother's name also was Jechaliah of Jerusalem. And he did that which was right in the sight of the Lord, according to all that his father Amaziah did. And he sought the Lord in the days of Zechariah, who had understanding in the visions of God. And as long as he sought the Lord, God made him to prosper. And he went forth and warred against the Philistines and brake down the walls of Gath and the wall of Jabin and the wall of Ashdod and built cities about Ashdod and among the Philistines. And God helped him against the Philistines and against the Arabians that dwelt in Jerbel and, and the Mahanims. And, um, and the Amorites gave gifts to Uzziah. And his name spread abroad even to the entering in of Egypt. For he strengthened himself exceedingly. Moreover, Uzziah built towers in Jerusalem at the corner gate and at the valley gate and at the turning of the wall and fortified them. Also, he built towers in the desert and digged many wells. For he had much cattle, both in the low country and in the plains, husbandmen also, and vine dressers in the mountains and in Carmel. For he loved husbandry. Moreover, Uzziah had an host of fighting men that out that went out to war by bands according to the number of their account by the hand of Jael, the scribe, and Maasai, the ruler, under the hand of Hananiah, one of the king's captains. And the whole number of the chief of the fathers of the mighty men of valor were 2,600, and under their hand was an army, 300,000 and 7,500, that made war with mighty power to help the king against the enemy. And Uzziah prepared for them throughout all the host, shields and spears and helmets and haberjons and bows and slings to cast stones. And he made in Jerusalem engines invented by cunning men to be on the towers and about upon the bulwarks to shoot arrows and great stones withal. And his name spread far abroad, for he was marvelously helped till he was strong. But when he was strong... His heart was lifted up to his destruction, for he transgressed against the Lord his God and went into the temple of the Lord to burn incense upon the altar of incense. And Azariah the priest went in after him, and with him fourscore priests of the Lord that were valiant men. And they withstood Uzziah the king and said unto him, It appertaineth not unto thee, Uzziah, to burn incense unto the Lord, but to the priests, the sons of Aaron, that are consecrated to burn incense, go out of the sanctuary, for thou hast trespassed. Neither shall it be for thine honor from the Lord God. Then Uzziah was wroth, and had a censer in his hand to burn incense. And while he was wroth with the priest, 
the leprosy even rose up in his forehead before the priest in the house of the Lord from beside the incense altar. And Azariah, the chief priest, and all the priests looked upon him. Behold, he was leprous in his forehead, and they thrust him out from thence. Yea, he hasted also to go out, because the Lord had smitten him. And Uzziah, the king, was a leper unto the day of his death, and dwelt in a several house, being a leper. For he was cut off from the house of the Lord, and Jotham, his son, was over the king's house, judging the people of the land. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we just come before you this evening. Lord, as we consider the life of Uzziah and how he was used of God and how, Lord, the mistakes that he made, Lord, I pray that we wouldn't just simply listen or simply just look at it as someone who was in the past, but we look at, look at it as your word, Lord, and learn what you would have us to do today, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. History is replete, or there's many, many stories that we could go across of people who have believed their own press releases, who believed all the good things that people began to say about them. I've heard it from my dad, and I'm sure it's much older than this, the story of Muhammad Ali, which if you know anything about boxing, you've heard the name Muhammad Ali. In fact, he was really one of the first trash talkers, we would say, of of sports in our modern era, he was very he was very good at what he did. He was the best, but he was also very arrogant about it. He was very we would say almost overconfident. But he was so good that there was that was just who he was. He was going to beat you, and there was nothing you can do about it. And then he was going to tell you that he beat you. He's going to tell you before, and then when you were laying on the ground, he was going to tell you afterwards. I told you that was just the type of guy that Muhammad Ali was. Well, the story goes around that one day he was on an airplane, and this, he was there in first class, and he's they're getting ready to take off, and the stewardess comes by and says, "Mr. Ali, you need to put on your seatbelt." He looks at her and he goes, Superman don't need no seatbelt. The stewardess looks at him and goes, Superman don't need an airplane. Put on your seatbelt. Because he was, he was so confident in his ability, he thought nobody could touch him. He, he believed his own press releases. He was, he was the, but he was good. He had something to believe about. But really, his belief in his own ability had begun to stack up and he had be, began to become arrogant and very proudful. It's true that the smallest successes in our lives can sometimes be the causes of our greatest pride. That we have some small success and we begin to, I got this. You ever met somebody who's been working out for a week and they've been, they've been doing it and they're sore. And so they're walking around like they can bench press the world and there's no difference, okay? But they've been working, and they're, they're so happy they've been working out for a week. Man, this is great. And they're walking around. And there's not that much to brag about, but they're, they're doing great. Simply, a sense of accomplishment can become arrogance very quickly. And in our day of trash-talking in the sports world and self-promotion... There is no end to people who have a very high view of their accomplishments and have a very high view of their abilities. 
But I want to challenge you that in our Christian life, everything we actually accomplish for Christ is only because of who God is. It is only because of what God can do in our lives because we cannot do anything good without the power of God. Now we find Uzziah coming to the throne. Someone who needed God to do some mighty things. All right? Uh, we didn't read the previous chapters because we would be here for uh, much longer than our time tonight. All right? But I'm going to give you a quick synopsis. All right? Rehoboam. That was Solomon's son. Remember, the kingdom had divided under him. Rehoboam's great-grandson, Jehoshaphat, he had reigned correctly. He loved the Lord. But he had done something that would bring about the ultimate destruction of Judah. He had made a peace treaty with Ahab, king of Israel, and part of the peace treaty was a marriage that was often, there would be a marriage to say, we're family now. This is, we're not just having a peace treaty, we're actually family, we're brothers now, this is good. And so Jehoshaphat, who loved the Lord, allowed his son to marry Jezebel's daughter as part of the peace treaty, bringing in the Baal worship of Ahab and Jezebel into Judah where the temple was. And so through this allegiance, the the worship of Baal was introduced into Judah and was put on display that they would do. And eventually Athaliah would try to, one of the um, daughters of that relationship would try to wipe out the kings of Judah, and she set herself up to reign herself. And it was a terrible time in, um, in, in Judah. In fact, um, it was only Uzziah's grandfather, Joash, that the priest literally had to take and hide in the temple so he wasn't murdered by Athaliah. Then the priest stood up, Athaliah was taken care of, and there was Jehoshaphat, or Joash, excuse me, and Uzziah's father, Amaziah. Both of these men, both of these kings, started out and said, they followed the Lord. They sought the Lord. But Joash, he sought the Lord all the days of Jehoiada the priest. And when Jehoiada died, he began seeking after the idols once again. He, in fact, executed Jehoiada's son, and he was assassinated. Uzziah's father, he was going right. He started out right, and he began to serve the Lord. But he got a victory over the children of Edom. And, he, and when he took the victory, the Bible says that he took the gods of the people he had just defeated. He had defeated them in battle as he sought the Lord. And then they come into their camp, and there's all these idols everywhere that they just defeated, and he bows down and worships them. You say... That is not very bright. He began going after his own way. He also was assassinated. So, I mean, Uzziah is coming to the throne in a very dark, in a very troubled time. In fact, at the end of Amaziah's reign, the north, Israel, because there's Judah, there's the two kingdoms now, there's Judah down here, there's Israel in the north. Part of God's judgment on Judah for Amaziah worshiping the idols was Israel... They're the same nation, really, came down 
and attacked Jerusalem and broke down over 600 feet of the wall, just destroyed it, leaving the city open, and completely sacked the city. They went into the temple. They took out all the gold. They went into all the king's houses. They took out all the gold, took hostages, took them back to Israel. Welcome Uzziah to the throne. Here is your kingdom. Yes. Okay. Can we say this? That this was a very turbulent time. That this was a troubled time. This was not a time where everything was going smoothly. And yet, up to that time when Uzziah took the throne, he was 16 years old. And the Bible says that he reigned 52 years. That was the longest reign of any king in Judah up to that time. David hadn't reigned that long. Solomon hadn't reigned that long. Uzziah had a reign that was long, that was prospered by God. The Bible says he did that which was right in the sight of the Lord according to all that his father Amaziah did. When Amaziah started, he was serving the Lord. And Uzziah did that was right in the eyes of the Lord. This is the idea of the word right. It means straight. Here's what God's Word said, and Uzziah said, I'm going that way. I'm going on the straight path. I'm going to be upright before the Lord. I'm going to do that which was right. He obeyed the law of the Lord. And he also, in verse um, number 5, he sought God in the days of Zechariah, who had understanding in the visions of God. And as long as he sought the Lord, God made him to prosper. He brought godly counsel. That's what Zechariah was. He was one of the prophets. He brought him into, you know God. You know what God is saying. I want you here beside me. I want you here to counsel me. I want you here to guide me in the things of God. He sought after God. He sought godly counsel. And the Bible says, as long as he sought God, God made him. To prosper. This is, this is what that means. God made him to prosper. The verbs actually has this idea that there, there was a causative. It wasn't that Uzziah just so happened to prosper, okay, as he was obeying God. But God was involved in this. That God was making things happen. God made Uzziah to prosper. That the blessings that came on Uzziah's reign was a direct result of God's hand of blessing on his kingdom. The direct result of God moving things and blessing and protecting and guiding Uzziah. That's what it means. You know, as we seek God and obey what he says, we will be blessed. As we seek and we follow God, we can enjoy the best that God has to offer. Well, what did this look like in Uzziah's life? The Bible says God made him to prosper. Well, how did God help him? What what did that really look like? Well, just as in the book of Deuteronomy, God promised, if you seek after me, I will bless you. And this and this and this will happen. Those things God promised If you obey me, he promised all the way back in the days of Moses. If you obey me, I will give you military victory. If you obey me, I will bless your crops. If you obey me, I will bless you with children. If you obey me, I will bless you every way. Well, what did we find Uzziah? says, and he went forth and warred against the Philistines and break down the walls of Gath. And the walls of Jabin and the walls of Ashdod and built cities about Ashdod and among the Philistines. And God helped him 
against the Philistines and against the Arabians. And it begins to go through and list the fact that God gave Uzziah military victory and protection. In fact, um, remember at the beginning, Jerusalem's wall was broken down? That was rebuilt. And he began to go and have victory over those who had been impressing them. In fact, he broke down their walls. It says the land of the Philistines, they had been a constant thorn in the side of Israel. He was there. He was building cities in the, in the land of the Philistines. Okay. Now, if you're building cities in somebody else's land, what does that mean? You are kind of in charge. That you're putting your garrisons there. Your, your soldiers are walking the street. I'm building, this is my town. I'm naming it after mine in your country. And there's nothing you can do about it. I'm in control here. It was a, it was a thing that you would say, no, no, no. The Philistines aren't ruling the land of the Philistines anymore. Uzziah is ruling the land of the Philistines. He broke down their ability to protect themselves. He said, God helped them. That's what the Bible says. God helped them against this. Uzziah was so feared that other nations said, we're not fighting you, Uzziah. We're going to pay tribute. We're, gonna, we're going to pay taxes to you just like you were our king. We're going to pay money to you so that you don't have to fight against us. And Uzziah's name began to spread. And even uh, Uzziah was even able to reestablish trading all the way down to the Red Sea, which had been cut off since the days of Solomon. That Uzziah's kingdom spread. His influence was great. He rebuilt and fortified Jerusalem. He gave him wisdom and help in his agricultural pursuits so that there was great crops coming in, which meant if you had crops and you had extra, you could export it. You could give it to other, sell it, not give it. You could sell it to other countries. And that was a great way of bringing in wealth for your own country. He had great vineyards. He had, was digging wells. Irrigation was going into the land. He was developing it. He was raising large herds of cattle. There was great things. There was an economic boom going on in the days of Uzziah. Things were great. The money was plentiful because, because they, now they didn't have foreign armies coming through and wiping out their crops. And not only that, they were able to um, put more into the land and work on the land. And something to notice here, something many of the times, many times, when the people began to seek, we need to really um, see our crops grow, a common trap they fell in was to, was to go into idolatry. Because, supposedly, they were told that the gods of Canaan, okay, Baal, why did they worship Baal? Why did they worship the statue? Baal was supposed to be the god and the goddess, those that idolatry of producing the crops. It would bring the rains that they would need. It would supposedly, quote unquote, all right? That it was, they were told by the Canaanites that the worship of these idols was the key to having agricultural success, to having their crops grow, to having the rains come when they need it. And here Uzziah is, Opening the land, digging the wells, having great crops, and never once do we hear about him falling into idolatry. 
he is keeping right on the straight path. He is doing that which is right. He is helping the people see that their blessings come from God. We can say this is great thing that's happening. God gave Uzziah a standing army. We, we read about that, okay? Now, what is the big deal about a standing army, okay? In those days, all right, when you heard an enemy army was coming against you, you would blow a trumpet, you would send your messengers on horseback throughout the land saying, everybody come, we need to raise the army. And so here would come Hillbilly Joe, and here would come uh, City Baker, and here would come all the, the local bookkeeper would come toddling out of his shop saying, I haven't used this sword in 20 years. I think we're going to try to do this. Okay, they would just raise an army of the people of who they could. They would have a small you know, bodyguard or whatever small to take care of local problems. But they would have to call out the people and they would not be very well trained. They wouldn't be very well equipped. And that was what they were supposed to fight with. Now, Uzziah... Because of the blessings of God, here's what he had. This is what the Bible says. He had a whole number of the chief of the fathers of the mighty men. So these were his captains and leaders was 2,000. And under their hand was an army of 300,000 and 7,500 that made war with mighty power. And it says they went out by bands. That means they were organized, that they were ready to go. And Uzziah, in verse number 14, Uzziah prepared for them throughout all the host, shields and spears and helmets and haberjons and bows and slings to cast stones. He prepared for them spears. He prepared for them shields. He prepared for them helmets, haberjons. What on earth is that? That would be a coat of mail. That would protect it. It would be armor. Okay? This wasn't Hillbilly Joe. And the local baker showing up, and he had the helmet on sideways, and he had, um, uh, you know, uh, one boot on and one shoe on. He had a pitchfork, okay? That's not this type of army. They were equipped completely. Everybody had a shield. Everybody had a helmet. Everybody had a coat of mail. Everybody had a spear. Everybody had a sword. Everybody had a bow. They were the best equipped army in that time. It was well organized. They were organized in bands. They were equipped with the latest weaponry. And not only that, in verse number 15, he made in Jerusalem engines invented by cunning men to be on the towers and upon the bulwarks to shoot arrows and great stones withal. Okay, we've seen, um, how many have seen the pictures or something of back in the night's days when they, when they would have the catapults that would throw these great stones and some of the engineering of that, even today, um, blows our mind. They, one of them was called a tree bucket, and it could throw stones even miles, these massive stones, and break down castles, and shoot big arrows great distances. If you read the historians and say, there was no way Uzziah had these. Those were way before the time. Well, he did have them because the Bible said, and it was way before the time because he was helped by God. God gave him men in his kingdom. He gave them special knowledge. They were cunning men. He gave them then the ability to invent, to be able to think, say, hey, this might work. This might work. And they were putting together machines and engines that could, being a guy, I look at it and I'm like, cool. That's, that's you know, that he had these things. You know, he... Somebody shows up and says, oh, I'm just visiting. I want to look around Jerusalem. And he sees them practicing 
with this thing. He goes, what's that thing? That looks weird. Are they building something there? And then he sees a... And he sees this massive rock go flying a mile and a half and hit a tree. And they're like, uh, we're never coming to Jerusalem. Anything you say, King Uzziah, we don't even know what that thing's called. Okay? We've never even seen one of those things before. And yet Uzziah has him. He built towers. He fortified Jerusalem. This is what the Bible says. And he and his name spread far abroad, the end of verse number 15, for he was marvelously helped till he was strong. The marvelously there. That talks about, um, it's the same word that is used when it's talking about God's Uh, The miracles and the plagues in the land of Egypt. How He showed His marvels to people. It's talked about the miracles that God performed in the wilderness. Providing bread and water for the children of Israel. Alright? It's the mighty hand of God. Okay? He was marvelously helped. He was miraculously helped by God. Uzziah came in in a troubled time. Judah was not a rich nation. Judah was a reproach. People looked at him and said, your city's broken down. We can't take you seriously. Ha, ha, ha. Here comes Billy Joe. Okay? That was what they thought of Judah. Suddenly, over the years, as Uzziah is seeking and serving God, Uzziah, whatever you say, we're listening to you. Oh, boy. Oh, here comes Uzziah. Get out the red carpet. Here comes, here comes Judah. We need to make sure we don't make him angry at us. We need to make sure that we're serving Uzziah. Judah was taken from a place of where they were the low guys on the totem pole. Now they were in charge of the land. Nobody wanted to mess with them because God helped Uzziah. God worked in their lives. They had the blessings of God on their kingdom. How many times in our lives have we seen God's blessings poured out in our, in our own lives? We've seen God do work. We've seen God answer prayers. That's what the praise time is about. On Sunday night, where we can lift our hands and we can praise God, not say, look at me, look what God's... But we can say, look what God's doing. God's answering prayers. God is good. God's working in people's lives. Things that we didn't think could happen are happening because of God's marvelous hand. God can begin to strengthen us and give us victory. And the peace and the joy that He has promised. But have you ever said, that's going to be too good to last? About something in life. Oh, that's just too good to last. That'll never, that'll, that, it, it won't keep up. Yeah, the Yankees probably won't beat the Red Sox. It, it's probably too good to last. But, you know, stuff like that. We just say it's too good to last. That's what happened to Uzziah. Bible says in verse number 16, But when he was strong, his heart was lifted up to his destruction. But when he was strong, his heart was lifted up to his destruction. Because Uzziah began to see the work of God, the miracles of God as his own. He began to see what God was doing as what he was doing. He began to see, look at my kingdom. Look at what I'm doing. And he began to be lifted up and take things that God never meant for him to have. Say, well, I'm Uzziah. I'm the king. He goes into the temple to offer 
incense before God, which was clear in God's law. This is only for the priest. Uzziah, this is not your place. That came and said, Uzziah, this isn't for your honor. Uzziah, this is not what you're supposed to be doing. And the Bible says that Uzziah was wroth. He was enraged. You could see the color coming up his face as he would, I'm the king. I can do whatever I want. I am strong. I am mighty. I am the king. And as the color began to raise in his face, whiteness began to spread out on his forehead. As the leprosy took hold, he had stepped over the line. Uzziah's heart lifted up within himself and he became enraged as he tried to do something. Instead of humbly coming into the temple to humbly worship God and say, God, thank you for everything you've done. God, none of this would be possible without you. He came in and said, I'm the king. I'm in charge. I'm important. God has to accept me because of everything I've done. And God judged Uzziah. Uzziah would never set foot in the temple again. Uzziah would never set foot in his palace again. Uzziah would never even set foot in the city of Jerusalem. The Bible says he was in a several house. He was in a place that was completely secluded. If he was in Jerusalem, it was in a far off corner where only, where only the lepers live. He was cut off. Because his pride raised up in him and he was destroyed. Simply Uzziah's strength, his great, the greatness, Uzziah had a great kingdom, but it became his downfall when he traded a high view of God for a high view of himself. When he traded a high view of what God had done and humbleness and thankfulness for what God had done in his life, for, look what I have done. Look what, look what I've been able to accomplish. We often forget that every good gift in our lives, everything that is good, is a gift of God. As we become stronger, more adept, have more blessings, we tend to lose our dependence on God. But God will give us an opportunity to repent. He doesn't want to... We will destroy our lives if we go on and say, look what I can do. Instead of saying, God, look what you have done. As we follow and obey God, He wants to give us victory and blessings. God is looking for opportunities to show Himself mighty in our lives. God wants to do amazing things in the Open Door Bible Baptist Church. God wants, didn't He marvelously help Uzziah as he sought God? God gave Uzziah things he never could have dreamed of. He gave Uzziah mighty works. Did He not? But Uzziah lost his dependence on God. Simply put, we cannot lose our dependence on God. Here in the Open Door Bible Baptist Church, we've seen God do some amazing things, have we not? The purchase of this building, we call it the miracle on 35th Street. How God helped the church of running maybe 40 people on Sunday morning. 
in the 1990s. So this was back, it wasn't that far ago, because I was alive, but it was, um, it, it was a little while ago, and a church of 40 people were trying to purchase a building, $750,000. And back then, that's over a million dollars today, easy. Okay? And yet God did it. God, this is what we would say, God marvelously helped providing for this church. We've seen some great accomplishments. We've paid our church all the money that was given to purchase this building. All the money that was given in support so this church could be started. We've given that amount and more back in missions. We've given it back to other works, to others to see more churches started. We've seen, two, we've seen Morris Park Bible Baptist Church planted out of this church. We've seen the Union Baptist Church and all the miracles that God has done there. Yes, God has marvelously helped the Open Door Bible Baptist Church. But what we can't do is say, well, look at everything God has done in this church. We must be pretty good. We're a strong church. No. The reason why pastor chose Open Door Bible Baptist Church is the church at Philadelphia in the book of Revelation says, For thou hast a little strength. I have set before you an open door. God is speaking to the church and saying, And no man can shut it. And I can shut it and no man can open. The fact that God has marvelously helped the Open Door Bible Baptist Church should be a greater cause for dependence on God than ever before. Should be a greater cause for us to get on our knees before God and say, God, thank you. We want to see you continue to work. We want to see you continue to do mighty things. But it's going to be because of you, be because of you and not because of us. We have a missions conference coming up. Our church has seen God do amazing things through our missions giving. But it's not because of how great we are. It's because God has marvelously helped us. Let's not lose our dependence on God. Let's say, God, if we're going to make, if we're going to give what you want us to give in the coming year, we're going to have to depend on you. It's not anything, we're not anything special. It's because of you. Pride is the greatest enemy of biblical success in the Bible. When we trade a high view of God for a high view of self, it is putting us straight on the road to destruction. Whether in your own life, my own life, as I can look and say, boy, I must have preached a great sermon this morning. It, it, you know, uh, the Lord really helped me with that, but I must be some kind of preacher. You know, thoughts like that can, could begin to um, creep. And that's something I have to get on my knees and say, God, help me to remember that preaching the Bible is not about me. It's about you and it's about communicating your word. Help me as I witness to people not to say, man, another person got saved. There's some people who, who treat witnessing like a, like a notch on their gun belt. We were talking about gunfighters. I got another one today. Look what I, and they talk about it like that, saying, no, this is something that God has to do. God has to speak to their hearts through His Word. We have to see God work in a mighty way. 
each and every day. Uzziah's story was put in the Bible for a purpose. This, remember, this is Chronicles. So this is written to the people when they came back from the Babylonian captivity and they're coming back into the land and they're being reminded, how did we get here? How did we get to where we were thrown out of the land and captives for 70 years? We don't want to go back. We don't want to be in captivity again. How can we keep that from happening? One of the ways, the lesson being taught, don't lose your dependence on God. God has all power. That's what Jesus said in the Great Commission. All power is given unto me in heaven and earth. So go do what you're supposed to do. Stay on the right path. Seek after God. And remember that the only things that can be done are through the power of God and not through us. Open Door Bible Baptist Church can be used by God. Can be marvelously used by God. But it's used... By God. God is not a trainer. Okay? We, we often sometimes think of this. There's the dad teaching his kid how to pedal a bicycle. And he pushes him. And they, they ride for a little bit and they fall over and they pick him up. And they're walking with him. See? This is how you pedal. This is how you work. And they're teaching him. What, what is the end goal of that? That the kid would be able to ride a bike on their own. Right? So that then the kid can go on a bike ride with the dad. And everything can be great. And who's pedaling the bike? The kid is. And he's having a great time at it. That's not how God works. God isn't training us saying, here you go. Now you're all good on your own. You got it. No. God is our supply line. God is our power source. You, I, over at Union and when I'm doing construction, I use uh, uh, tools. Power tools. I love power tools. Because to drill a hole in brick by hand would be very difficult. I could have the drill. And I could try to drill. But if I don't have the battery plugged into the drill, it's worthless. Now, I can use that drill. But... What's actually drilling the hole in the brick? It's the drill, not really me. I say, I'm drilling it, but it's the drill doing the work. When, I'm, when, I, when we are serving God, we can be used by God. But the power doesn't come from us. The power comes from God. Never lose your dependence on God. Our downfall comes... When we trade a high view of God for a high view of self. But there was some good in this story. Remember, Uzziah didn't have to fall. This and I'm done. Uzziah didn't have to get to this point. Remember at the beginning of his reign, how God was helping him do everything and God's power was there. We can look at it and say, God is good. Look what God was doing in Uzziah's life. Look how God was helping them, that it was restored. God was working in their life. It didn't have to end up the way it did in Uzziah's life. It doesn't have to. It can. But it doesn't have to. God is looking to show Himself mighty. Let's not lose our dependence on God. Let's pray.
Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for today, and we thank you for your